Let's give them something to talk about. I see the energy running out. I got a planet to run around. Okay, okay. You ain't we need to build out a cover sheet that comes on with the music. There we go. Oh, oh there we oh, go. Nice, nice. Nailed it. Sweet. Should have had that up when the music went off. Sweet. I know. Nice. <laughs> we can do that next time. The graphic. Yeah. I was say you like you like Craig's uh, Photoshop yeah, usually practices. They, yeah, usually like in the past they'll take like the worst possible picture of me and then put it as a graphic. Oh man, they did dirty on that one. I've seen some <laughs> of the, I've seen some of the pictures I'm they like, post. I've seen some of the pictures they post. And I went through and looked, and and then I and, you know, I do a Google search, and I do a Facebook search, Instagram yeah. search, and I try to find one that portrays the individual as who they are and how I know them, and and the ones that are usually uh, you know the ones that you don't like. I know which ones you don't like. Um, they're the ones where they pull them out of a video clip. Yeah. So it's mm, they, yeah. it's like because there's not a lot of you in still CrossFit shot. attire. Yeah, like you have you yeah you know, a professional picture of yeah. you in CrossFit attire. Yeah, um, and they're so they get a still shot from you, and the yeah. still shots just are never great. I've tried to do it before off a yeah. video, and they're just not great. Yeah, but that one was a picture I pulled somewhere. Yeah, what's that? What's that from? Do you know? Um, yeah, so I did actually did a a, a photo shoot with um one of the gyms that I go to in New York, Unleashed. Uh, one of the the owner there is uh, a photographer also. So he okay. was like, hey, you want to do some shots? I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I, was like, I need some photos for these kind of things because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to pull some screenshot where it look terrible. So um, put, <laughs> put, put it back. Yeah. Put it, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. here, I'll put, I'll, put, I got it. I'll put it back up. Do I put it? Yeah, put it back up again. With the Here's why I liked it. One, you're jacked. And and so I know you as like a jacked MD, which is really cool. Super fit, CrossFit MD. Like you literally, <laughs> you walk through our gym and people think, oh, she one of our competition athletes at nice. Diablo. And then the second thing is the um, health symbol on yeah. your mm -hmm. sports bra. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice that at first because yeah. I was like, because you look at your hair and your eyes and, yeah. you know, your muscles. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. So and then I'm like, oh, mesmerized. oh, cool. It's got, it's got <laughs> yeah. an MD symbol on it. Yeah. yeah that's so awesome. that's um, from Born Primitive. Uh, during the pandemic, they uh, had this uh, campaign where uh, people can nominate. Uh, first responders for like a free either like t-shirt or I think it was a t-shirt for men and like sports bras for women so at the time I was I was training people in my office my office staff essentially because we all couldn't work out or do anything so I had them go and basically into my parents backyard and I was like programming crossfit workouts for them yeah. um so when they got wind of this they they nominated me for a free sports bra from Born Primitive, awesome. which it was I, I was very flattering but also I really like the like the the bra itself so yeah appreciate i appreciate that on all ends so yeah born, yeah born primitive is uh is popular with a lot of our female athletes here yeah great stuff yeah that's awesome well anyway so it was a cool pick but anyways a privilege to have you on so thank yeah. you for making this happen um amy um, is an md and i've known her for a few years in the crossfit world Mostly we've, we've crossed paths. Um, I'm going to have you do, tell a little bit about your background, but yeah. um, before I do that, the reason why she's here and she's in studio, which is awesome. Yeah. It's a cool spot. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like Thank it. you. Savon, Savon and, uh, and Matt Souza saw it yesterday. Did they? What did they say? Look at they're this They're both impressed. No. And really? Savon was like, Hey, this is cool. And Matt was, Matt was, you know, he was, yeah. he, you know, Matt helped get us started yeah. with all of our sound equipment. Um, but so I was, I was, it made me feel good to know that Savan was impressed with what we've kind of created here. 
Uh, but anyway, Amy was here to, is here to, for the, for the large body athlete seminar shout from New York. And then she was able to squeeze in some time to come do a podcast with us. So that's why we're on today, Sunday versus um, a Monday time. Or uh, even the, the new Tuesday time. Oh, yeah, the Tuesday time <laughs> that we normally, that we started to do. Yeah. Is, so I think it says it's muted. Is that? Yeah, no, you're, you're good. Because okay. we've got all the, mu- okay. the sound just coming making sure. Just If it wasn't <laughs> muted, we would have that audio issue where there's all this feedback. Okay, and I double. was just making sure that like. <laughs> the, we, the dreaded echo. Right, yeah, we'll go back later. Yeah, like, see, none of this recorded. Whoops. So what, what Amy. <laughs> sorry if we scared you talking about our previous no, but, history. Have, no, so. Of my former life. Yeah, so Amy was, Amy has done sound in the, um entertainment business industry or entertainment business and so she can relate to the sound issues that we've had oh yeah um so what we do on this amy is we run everything through the road and then the road mixer is the is jamie lee's mic nice Mm -hmm. so it all comes together now if you listen to savant's podcast his most recent one (laughs) and i told him this this actually made me it actually i go savant i know you were frustrated but it made me feel good oh so much so much yeah. better than I'm jamie, i said it to jamie yeah. lee and jamie lee immediately knew what the issue was <laughs> so savant was doing his podcast and people in, and he has people that will comment yeah. frequently right and so they're immediately telling him hey your sounds bad sounds bad and he so- sounds like it's coming from your computer yeah and then someone goes sounds like it's coming from yeah. you and he's like oh no and so his computer's not set right in front of him his computer's yeah. kind of oh, off to the side okay. like he's got it he's got he's using he's, he's not using stuff. uh cameras like we use he uses his professional camera oh really yeah it's his camera so it's uh, a lot more complex but he was so frustrated and he was struggling to figure out we could hear him but it just sounds yeah it sounds like crap but yeah. amy amy knows oh, um yeah. and said right away that good sound is the difference maker with a with Clutch. any type yeah. of media performance. well the thing with like mm-hmm. when savon had his computer going it was just him in his studio yeah. usually when our computer if, if i mess up and miss the computer we have the class behind here that you can hear oh <laughs> yeah music <laughs> out here oh it's a, it's a mess barbells yeah it's a, me- it's a mess oh it's a mess mm. It, the, the the one where I felt the worst with Daniel Chaffee. So what yeah. I went back and did, Amy, is I went back and took Daniel Chaffee's podcast and I just cut out his parts because his, his audio came good. out. Nice. His audio came out good because he was going directly into the internet from from me. Uh, he was in France. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it were his was decent. So I just cut us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his stuff was stuff. so his stuff was so good. Yeah. Anyway, we um, but can you give us uh, just a real quick color on your medical specialty and then what you do now and then and then add to it a little bit of what you're doing with crossfit okay so um so my training i am a what's called a physiatrist so doctor in physical medicine and rehabilitation um has a few different names based on where you are in the country has goes by different things but it's basically essentially a small field in medicine that not many people know about so what we do is we focus on the physical manifestations of disease processes on the body. So what what that means is we focus on physical function. So, um, you know, we work in whether that's from all all kinds of injuries. So whether that's short-term injuries, things like sports injuries, that's my specialty in particular, sports medicine, or more permanent injuries like spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries, um, strokes. Um, We also look at, you know, things like, for example, like cancer. Like, so we're not treating the cancer. We don't do the oncology piece of it or the chemotherapy, but we look at how those treatments affect your body, how you move, how you are able to go to the bathroom, are you able to get up and down the stairs. So we kind of look at all those things and we're sort of quarterbacks of 
different kinds of uh, physical and occupational and speech therapy and handle the medical piece of that as well. So um, it kind of worked out well that I, I, I found my specialty in med school right around the time I discovered CrossFit. And they both have basically foundations in function in optimizing function. So I thought, wow, these two things work out really well together. I should kind of try to combine them as much as I can because we're all working on the same thing. So yeah. is, are you in your office or your um, surgery group are you are in your medical group there are mm -hmm. you doing uh, are you treating with medication are you treating with PRP and mm -hmm. surgery are you yeah. treating with everything are you yeah so um I'm so my day-to-day -day job I'm a sports medicine doctor so I treat you know aches pains injuries um I'm not a surgeon so I don't operate but I do do a lot of procedures so I do a lot of injections uh, mm -hmm. whether that's steroid injections cortisone uh, you know what's cortisone injection cortisone um yeah. PRP is something that I I do a fair amount of um I also it depends on the on the person the situation so you know a lot of people that I see um you know their the attitude is hey I'm I have this problem fix it you fix mm -hmm. me right so I do what I can in that moment to do that. And I'm referring a lot of people to physical therapy. I'm doing a lot of injections, but what really like excites me is the person that I, I evaluate and they're, they want to help fix themselves, which is yeah. a very small That's, percentage of yeah, people yeah. <laughs> actually, but the person who like, I, you know, like a young woman with knee pain and I see it's all coming from her hip dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is the problem. I can connect you with people who can help help you. I can, you know, find people who can get you stronger and we can avoid all these interventions. Like when I see someone like that and I'm able to connect them with the right people, that's what really excites me. So, um, so I do that as well, but the percentage of the, those people compared to the people who just want one injection, want to keep going. It's, it's a fairly small amount. That's a sad yeah. it kind is. of state of the, 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 the U S and maybe the world now, but it's everybody wants that magic, magic pill. And the, yeah, it, it fixed. It, it, yeah. It's a time issue. We're distracted yeah. by so many things. A lot of variables. It takes but... discipline to be able to do those things. Let me, uh, if if you don't mind staying on this subject, because this yeah. subject fascinates mm -hmm. the hell out of me. Yeah. We, get, we get lots of questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, cortisone is one that um, we see that people go get a lot of, but uh, although every person I've talked to at Diablo that's gotten cortisone either recently or maybe in the last couple of years has had a an air of concern about it yeah you know is there too much, is, i heard too much cortisone's bad you know i've only got i'm only getting two cortisone shots mm -hmm. and i'm gonna get surgery i'm only gonna get three mm -hmm. cortisone mm -hmm. shots is is that the case with cortisone or is cortisone something that you can continue to do on a regular basis so for example mm -hmm. if i've got shoulder pain i do go do a cortisone shot um pain subsides i'm able to kind of operate and go and do is all yeah. the things i do and then three, six months later, it's pains back and I do another cortisone shot. Can I continue that for five to 10 years? Well, it depends. So <laughs> it's a you, question. I'd say asking no. For, asking for so, a friend. <laughs> no, so I think it's a balance. So cortisone over time, multiple repetitive cortisone injections um, essentially can degrade either the cartilage or the tendon they're injected into or around. So if you have um, arthritis in your knee and you're getting repetitive cortisone injections, over time, that the cortisone will essentially further degrade the cartilage. Now, if you're someone in your 50s whose, you know, whose uh, cartilage is, is not totally destroyed yet, um, then I'd say you don't want to keep shoving cortisone in there because eventually, A, you're going to build somewhat of a tolerance to it. It's not going to mm -hmm. work as well. But then also your, your 
you're hastening that degradation process of of the, the cartilage similarly with tendons oh. you do not want to be injecting cortisone around tendons repeatedly because you can rupture them or mm -hmm. make them more friable essentially now i see a lot of older people who are you know the cartilage is already shot in their knee anyway and they're not really interested in having surgery and i'm like if getting this injection is you being able to walk and get around independently versus doing nothing then i'll yeah then let's do this the cortisone injection but I think for younger people who are um, more active, who still have uh, a lot more uh, tread on their joints and mm -hmm. tendons to keep shoving cortisone around it, you're just, um, you're just putting a Band-Aid on a problem, yeah. a bigger problem. So you're not healing the, yeah. you're not healing the cartilage or the, no. or the tendon tissue. Well, you're just controlling the inflammation. And, I was just and saying, you're it, allowing it, it to work. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like a, yeah. just an anti-inflammatory exactly. for a while and, and, technically you're not supposed to do anything with it for like what the first week or so let it kind of yeah, I mean, do its thing or uh, i mean i tell people sort of more or less if you've had it in a joint it's more or less business as usual around a tendon's a little bit tricky because the okay. tendon's a little more likely to, to rupture or, you know yeah. or muscle is more likely to break down um so um but yeah i in general try not to do it in, in younger in younger people and by younger i mean you know under 50 yeah so um, my so just to bring it all the way home to me because that's what's most important. <laughs> of course. Is my mother-in-law. Yeah. My, <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law, yeah. 83, has shoulder pain, chronic shoulder pain. Yeah. She she had a, a slip and fall a year ago or a year and a half ago and now is complaining of, you know, regular shoulder pain. The doc, She's low in strength. She's on oxygen. Mm -hmm. She's pretty mobile. She can get up. She's She's a busy person like my wife, her daughter. And, but she needs, um, she's gotten a cortisone shot. She feels better, but the doctor's telling her, well, we should do surgery. Now at 83 with very low muscle mass, I'm, my advice to her is hold off on, let's hold off on surgery. Mm. Let's see if we can build some strength mm. yeah. and continue the cortisone shots. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so what I'm looking for is validation, <laughs> validation. Look at, she gives a straight face. She just said, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's depend because also depends what's going on in, inside that shoulder. Yeah. Joint. Right. Cause it's, if it's a matter of arthritis, is there a ro rotator cuff tear? Yeah. Okay. How functional, how functional is she at baseline? Cause you know, okay. if I see, you know, older woman who's not necessarily doing a lot with her arms and she wants to, the cortisone injections, keep her independent. Okay. You know, mm. rather than undergoing a big surgery, but, um, it really comes down to like how how functional is the person, um, how much pain are they in a day to day basis, um, and you know so, so surgery will will f possibly fix the problem. I don't, it sounds like maybe there's a rotator cuff tear there or yeah, something. Right. But um, if she doesn't have it, is she okay with the function she has now? Um, understanding that likely it'll never be full, the function of that arm will never be full, but mm. we can optimize it as best we can. And if she doesn't have a lot of pain and you know, that's, and she's okay with that, then sure. You know, that's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of uh, decision-making goes into like basic, like function pain, you know, are you okay with how things are now? Um, can, can we, can we stay in this topic range? Yeah. Are you all right with that? Yeah, sure. Ask Jamie, yeah. we get, we get a yeah. lot of conversation yeah. in our gym yeah. about this and I get yeah. asked a lot of questions. I want to, two things I wanted to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. And, and if you don't have knowledge, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, one is PRP and the other is peptides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but PRP, um, I've had so we've had some members that get the PRP shots. I've heard from Huberman 
when I listened to Huberman, I think it was that talked about the, you know, that it, the results from PRP are clinical trial results are negligible um, mm -hmm. or about equal to placebo. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that as a, as a procedure that, that our members or our community should be doing or not doing? Well, so the data on it, um, it's kind of all over the place as far as its effectiveness. I think the yeah. main thing is, is one is, is looking at what you're treating. So are you treating a tendinopathy or a small tendon tear? Um, you know, and, and particularly like things like tennis elbow. So like lateral epicondylitis, mm -hmm. it has pretty good data in that. Um, patellar tendinitis, things like that. Um, we, that, <laughs> sorry, we're laughing because we're in a coach's meeting and we were talking about a, came up, a, a member that had elbow tendinitis and, yeah. And one of my coaches, my younger coaches said, started talking about, it. he said, well, with epicondylitis, you know, here's what I do. And here's, a, and I looked at him and I said, did you just Google that term? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tennis elbow. And then here it comes up again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. The actual doctor. You're talking I didn't mean about. to interrupt you, but we, <laughs> we literally just had this discussion this last yeah. week. Uh, yeah. So, you know, with that, um, it has fairly good fairly good evidence with that okay. Um, okay. mild cases of arthritis mild to okay. moderate i'd say um fairly good or, or data that's sort of equivalent to cortisone injections so prp injections aren't as um damaging or they don't damage the mm -hmm. the, oh. the joint tissue or the or the um tendons the same way cortisone does um so if it has similar effects people say well then do the prp the thing is prp is not covered by insurance usually oh, okay. so it's an out-of-pocket cost Got so it. um you know, that's, and you have to be sort of be prepared that if you're going to spend the money on it, you might not have, it's not a magic bullet by any means. Um, you might, and also what's really important with PRP, at least in cases that when I do it is it's really only as good as the rehab that follows it. Got so it. if you're not really, if you're just getting injections and going about your day with the PRP, it's not as effective as if you're getting the PRP, having a proper kind of post procedure oh. protocol, mm. doing the PT on the back end. So, um, that's when I find it to be most effective. Um, I also see a lot of like, I've seen, I've seen patients, they come to me with like, they've gone to some clinic and some person is selling them like five PRP shots up front and they're, this person has like terrible arthritis and they're kind of mm. promising them a lot of things. So there's a lot of like kind of people who are kind of shady about kind of taking advantage of, oh, of, yeah. of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or promising a lot of things or using it in, in situations where it's not really going to be that effective and selling people these packages up front, which I, I never, I never kind of tell someone up front, Oh, we're going to do five of these. It's yeah. like, we'll do one. We'll see how you do with it. And then we can have a conversation if you want to do it again or whatever. Yeah, but I, you know, when people are started selling thousands of dollars of, of injections up front and someone's got terrible arthritis, I go, this is not, this is not really a good use of your time. So it's kind of a huge, it's kind of like, oh, there's a lot to go. <laughs> a lot, it's, it, so it's hard to say like PRP good or bad because there's a lot of things in it, but I, I think it can be valuable for some people. Would you say it's maybe less, um, uh, less risk than having the cortisone as yeah, far I mean, as like as the damage, as, potential yeah, damage so, that I goes mean, on? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not damaging to the cartilage Got or it. the and tissue work and tissue stuff, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. So if you're, in certain cases, we're seeing sort of similar results. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, the PRP, in my opinion, would be the better thing to do, but it, you're going to have to yeah. cough up some money take, first. Take care of it yeah. also afterwards. Yeah. There's, there's been some discussion around peptides, and admittedly, mm -hmm. I know I know little to nothing about peptides mm -hmm. other yeah. than Andrew Hiller and Savon talk about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's been, I've seen that there's some podcasts out there with my favorites, I think Atiyah or, mm -hmm. um, or Huberman or uh, what's his name, Lane. Um, 
bio, I know his Instagram name. Lane Norton. I, yeah, Lane Norton yeah. at Bio Lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, talk about him. Is yeah. um, do you do you know much about him? Are you prescribing? Can you prescribe them? So is I, there? I don't even know what they do. Is yeah, it a stero- so, Is it a steroid? No, it's not a steroid. It's a it's a peptide. It's a pre precursor, if you okay. will, to okay. um, a hormone. So okay. they're, they're different ones, and they're they have different kind of uh, qualities as far as what they are what they can do. Um, so for where I work, I work in a kind of a big health system and they're sort of like, not something we, we are allowed to prescribe slash do we talk about much? I mean, I was at a, I was, so I work for an orthopedics department. Um, and you know, we were at a a meeting, uh, and I brought it, I brought it up. I was like, well, what do you, what do you think about this? And like, literally it was like, everyone just went like, what? Like nobody like wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to, um, you know, uh, so are you saying it. it might work? Yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I, I don't, I, I've seen some good things that have happened with people who have used them. Um, and I think it's, uh, something that's certainly warranted to, uh, for more like official kind of more research, research. and look into yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Right. And also the, the, the problem is like where people are getting it from, because it's like you can buy it right. online from and who knows what you're getting and what's in it and what mm-hmm. where they're putting it. And also, I think potentially there's a role for targeted injections with it. You know, like I, I, I do a lot of ultrasound guided injections in my clinic. So to be able to like okay. in, guide something exactly into place versus just like injecting it wherever. I think yeah, that's what I've blind, heard. That's what I've heard. It's, yeah. it's actually injected at the site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, I've seen you know the ones the reviews you see are the people that had success with it you don't yeah you know know, it's hard it's harder to find the ones where they didn't and i'm sure those are out there as well yeah um okay but there's it's not something at this point that is is becoming mainstream or prescribed not not in my not where i am um i don't think there are a lot of like official you know certainly at a big health system you're not going to find people who are prescribing it um which i you know i I think there's there's room to be looking, you know, for people to look into that. It's worth being researched. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and um, along that same vein, yeah. if you don't mind, if we yeah. stay in the this is we we like tinfoil hat kind of Great. topics. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. She's in. I, she's I can't say that I don't either. What do you think this entire global conspiracy is with respect to <laughs> the pandemic? Uh-oh. And no. All of a sudden, like everything gets shut down. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I wanted to talk the the one that was talked about a lot. And I haven't heard much for, about lately because we were on um, joints and cartilage and and tendons. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this was being you know Joe Rogan praised this one was the um, stem cell stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stem cell injections. And in some countries, you can go you know you go down to Panama and they have clinics there where they can actually use stem cells from the uh, umbilical, umbilical cord. Cords, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and then you can go places here. Um, right here in California, where you can go and you get stem cells from uh, your own stem cells removed, and then right, and then replenish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, any is that something that you guys look at or will do? Yeah. So I mean, when I was in residency, where I, where I was, I did all my training in Boston, like in the Harvard system, and they were doing a fair amount of it's called like BMAC, um, bone marrow aspirate concentrate, and uh, also using fat tissues, your own fat tissue, basically taking it out and spinning it down and reconstituting it and, and injecting it back into right. joints and things like that. Yeah. So wow. they were doing that again. It's like an out of pocket cost. So it's, and it's uh, fairly expensive. So a lot of people don't um, necessarily want to want to put down that, that amount of money. And mm-hmm. from what I have seen is that the results are sort of, it's sort of similar idea to PRP as far as like what it's appropriate for and 
um, the kind of results you see after. Um, uh, you know, I think that you'll find people who are like saying it's cured everything or whatever, but um, I have not seen that. I, don't, I haven't seen all the most recent literature on it, so I can't comment particularly. I, I did it, you know, this is five, six years ago when I was kind of doing this, but um, I, where I do it now, they, they don't, that whole health system hasn't really entered that um, yeah. phase of doing stuff like that. So, Okay. I mean, those are things. Well, so we get, you know, we've, we've had a number of people come in with, or, uh, you know, through sports or maybe even through mm -hmm. CrossFit getting, we, we see the most yeah. we see is shoulder issues. Yep. Mm -hmm. Shoulder, elbow. Gets, yeah. Shoulder, elbow, knee. Yep. Um, That's what the literature says too about CrossFit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> shoulder, elbow, knee. And it's, Co you know compound Back. movements mm -hmm. right yeah and, and whether it's a body weight movement or a weightlifting movement or a gymnastic movement of some sort that's all of those things get used yep yeah so i mean i i'd say with, with regards to all of these treatments you have to sort of look at um the degree of damage i think that's important to consider because not there's small tears there's big tears there's a little moderate arthritis there's severe arthritis right so um kind of knowing where you fall in that but then also saying like okay how much you know what am i willing to do um monetarily rehab wise you know it's a lot of work you got to put into it up front or if and some people just aren't willing to do that or they just don't have the time for it so they just go and get it fixed you know so it's like do you, what are your guidelines with respect to uh, a member that comes in and that comes in and says, I've got pain in my shoulder. I can't go overhead today. Um, what are your guidelines with respect to that? Do you think that our coaches should be telling them with respect to treating the injury, not necessarily scaling? We can, we know how to do all of that, yeah. right. And adjust their workouts so that we can make sure they're having an effective workout. I've said in the past, if it's keeping you awake at night, mm -hmm. maybe it's time to go get it looked at by a yeah. doctor. Yep. Um, how long is, is there any particular is that is that guideline, you know, fair? And then the other one being like, how long should we let them go before we say, look, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop. stop, you need stop. to take it down. Stop. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. So it's super important sleep. If something that's waking you up at night or keeping you from sleeping, because ultimately if you're not sleeping well, you're not healing, you're, you're not, not there's yeah. a, you know, a whole bunch of other issues with that. Um, one function. So day-to-day -day function, are you putting, are you not able to do the things you need to do to do your job, oh. to take care of your kids, to, um, you know, just kind of live your, you know, getting a shirt on and off, things like that. Inhibiting, you know? just basic. I, I actually yeah. like daily that. lifestyle. Yeah. Cause, Cause the question we ask is, can you still do snatches? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the extreme, right? Dude, there. How close to your PR and your deadlift <laughs> are you? Like, well, you just, yeah. Right. I mean, but, yeah. but I like that with respect to daily function, can yeah. you do the shit that actually is the most important stuff yeah. you should be doing? And are you, are you preoccupied with the pain? Are you thinking about it mm. more than you're not thinking about it? Oh, that's um, a good one too. Yeah. And then also, are you, what kind of things are you avoiding doing as a result of this? You know, you find like, ah, oh, I'd really like to go do this thing, but you know, nah, my shoulders bother me. Mm -hmm. Is that happening more and more frequently? <laughs> um, you know, so beyond just like, oh, maybe I'm not going to do these pull-ups today. It's like, well, and I'm also not going to like go do this, this thing either. Cause I just, you know, I'd, I'd rather not, or um, don't want to push, don't yeah. want to push it past. Yeah. So, and there's all, you know, there's pain, there's severe pain and then there's soreness and I know people in general, soreness is not necessarily a bad thing. If it's sharp pains that, you know, stop you in your tracks mm -hmm. or if there was, is this something, is the pain that sort of creeped up on you or is this something that, you know, you had an incident, you felt something pop snap, right. whatever, you know, that's, that's a little yeah, bit of a different thing mm -hmm. that needs to be probably checked out trying to sue the rather than later. Um, 
is there swelling? You know, things like swelling are usually indications like, okay, something's up. Um, like especially with joints. When joints swell, that means something inside the joint yeah. is not happy. So that needs to be investigated it's not usually. A good sign. Um, okay. And like, you know, with shoulders, especially, like, is there, is it soreness when you go overhead or like you can't go overhead? Is it stuck? Is it like, are you weak? Do you have actual weakness? Yeah. So things like that, where it's like kind of crosses the line between, then it's this time course too. It's like, has this been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and it's getting worse or, you know, so it's usually kind of the, the, the those are regular. those are all good there's mm -hmm. but there's a couple gems in there i like the one is it keeping you from doing your your day-to-day -day tasks yeah. yeah um that that one's huge for me and because i talked about to our members in class but keeping you awake and then swelling sharp pain did something happen um yeah all, all good stuff yeah uh we were we amy is here in uh the bay area well, and specifically in Pleasant Hill mm -hmm. because of the uh, event we did yesterday, mm -hmm. which was the large body athlete event. Scaled Nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scaled Nation. That's Athena Perez. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Athena Perez's video from, or you don't know who she is, go to YouTube, uh, go, uh, put in the search uh, Athena Perez, look at the 2018 video that was done. It's called Fat, Famished, and 450 Pounds. And it is a devastatingly honest look at um, obesity and her journey from 450 pounds down to 240, mm -hmm. 40 or 30 pounds, losing yeah. 200 pounds. It's unbelievable for me. It was it was kind of a game changer yeah. in terms of uh, you know my thoughts on obesity and the and the obesity epidemic, and then working with large body athletes. Mm -hmm. So this seminar is essentially. Uh, something that she put in place, she wrote, and with her uh, very good friend Kim, mm -hmm. um, who's a level three coach, and she's Kim's a phenomenal coach. Like, yeah, she's she, she kind of grew on me. At first, she was yeah. like, she was kind of like, she's really good. <laughs> she was a little, she's a little like tough in the beginning. I'm like, oh boy, she knows her stuff. Yeah, but mm -hmm. then when she got into the coaching stuff, she was really. Good. I mean, she really right. showed her skills came out. Anyway, yeah. so that seminar teaches what is for CrossFit coaches. Who are already certified coaches, coaches or even just anybody well, in public. the fitness world well, that's yeah. looking to help with large world. body yeah, yeah and i would encourage like you have large like, body athletes working with large body athletes and so we had the uh, mike came in in the afternoon with ymca and he was and he was he said man i've got to get my coaches into this yeah. program because yeah. they deal yeah. with a lot of large body athletes mm -hmm. but in, the program teaches you how to work with these athletes how to get them how to keep them moving and the, the overall premise being i want them to come back tomorrow mm-hmm you're not right. trying to solve the problem. You're not trying yeah. to right. get them to lose a hundred pounds. You're not trying to change their eating lifestyle to habits. All yeah. you're trying to do is make them move better, make them more functional so they can come back tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And, Providing and a safe place. That, too. Right. Yeah. And a safe place and yeah. a safe environment to make it well, to make them feel like they yeah. want to come back. It was really yeah. fascinating. Like that whole perspective right there. I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I look at it too. I, I think it's, it's hard for, for people in, in certainly in the fitness space, like, like us who, who we just like love exercising. Mm -hmm. We love movement so much to, to realize that there are people who fear it, yeah. who like are really scared to move because it causes them pain. It causes them embarrassment. It causes mm -hmm. them, you know, whatever. So like kind of having to kind of take that, that out of the equation, like we, we can't imagine what it's like to not no. love it, you know, whereas um, most people <laughs> actually, they, they don't have that same enthusiasm. In fact, they're scared. Yeah. You know? So to kind of, understand that when you're trying to 
coach someone who, you know, may have never really been in a gym before. That's mm -hmm. like, they don't have that same kind of excitement by, or <laughs> by a kettlebell just, like we do. You know? Just generally, you yeah. know, hesitant to be in the gym with right. everybody in, right. in, a, yeah. in a group setting where there's everybody they're else. They're, yeah. they're immediately, yeah. immediately self-conscious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have to warn people when we do tours here, Yeah, yeah. Diablo's been around 17 yeah. years yeah. and, and a lot of our members have been here eight to 10 years like, yeah. and this shit works. Yeah. So they go out there it doesn't matter the body type. They're all moving unbelievably well. And they're moving yeah. loads, large loads very fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. And anybody that comes through that door, no matter their body type, you walk in and you, I could just see their face. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> they're <laughs> thinking this place is just a bunch of crazy fitness fanatics that I'll never be able to do that. So I yeah. precondition when I walk in. Yeah. But, I, but if you're 100, 200 pounds overweight, there's like, I can't, after listening yesterday especially, but it's got to be this place would freak people out yeah. yeah i mean it's also another thing that um she brought up yesterday which i think is really important is is not focusing on you know when someone comes to the gym is not focusing on weight loss but yeah. focusing on what that person can do with the weight loss yes so oh, again, that was cool right getting back mm -hmm. to that idea there's of function, so many good there's so many good gems in yeah. that piece i mean going back to that idea of function right it's like yeah. if if you're just focusing on someone's weight and and um like she said someone who's over the age of 40 is, has has attempted weight loss like something like 150 100, times yeah. or something um yeah. you know they've heard all that about who, how weight loss is gonna you know how who can help them do that but just let's think about like can you walk to the corner and back mm -hmm. um are you can you pick up the thing off the floor you know those kind of things those setting those kind of goals is really important rather than just focusing on the weight the weight the weight yeah, yeah. Give, giving them small wins every day yeah and yeah. just generally empowering them with you know by the whole scaling forward you know when she said like yeah, so we're, like we're asking like, how many how many progressions how many progressions should you be running through you know it's like yeah. i was thinking in my head i'm like oh maybe five eight <laughs> thirty <laughs> i was like whoa yeah. okay yeah that's yeah, yeah. that's eye-opening yeah. right like that yeah. that really kind of made these wheels spin yeah thinking yeah. of all the different stuff that we could you know implement and add to it just to, just to bridge the gap to scale forward yeah and we talk about um, you know, treating the root causes mm -hmm. of obesity and, and Venus course lays out very nicely kind of the, the different root causes. And we, we, I think, tend to think of root causes as nutrition mm -hmm. and fitness, right? But in actual actuality, the root cause of obesity kind of go deeper than that. Yeah. What causes the poor nutrition and the poor exercise patterns? There's all these other things mm -hmm. like environmental factors and, you know, uh, the things that she lists in the course. Yeah. And it's really addressing those things and seeing by seeing them kind of laid out, you realize like, there's no one person who can do all of it. Mm -hmm. Like the physicians can't address all those things. The coaches can't address all those things. So it's really important to find different people who can address those different roots of, of, of you know, the different roots of obesity in order to treat it. It's not like one pr provider can do it all. Yeah. They use this, the Athena and Kim used this example and had us all participate by drawing a tree mm -hmm. in our notebooks. And I thought it was kind of corny at first until we got about, Six or it really seven, expanded six into six yeah. 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 and at the top yeah. of the tree are you know all your fruits and vegetables the calories in calories out, out calories in calories out theory mm -hmm. and that's that's the that's that's the outcome at the top right and because we do know that and she did admit because it's calories in calories out and you go down to the root cause of the the imbalance between calories in calories out and it was a long I mean, there were many roots in the ground. There was about yeah. fifth, like 10 to 15 yeah. different and yeah. you know, different some, of, some of them, these are, and most of them are things that a CrossFit coach 
is not equipped is for. Is not equipped for. for. So I, as it got, the deeper it got into, you know, the especially the emotional trauma, the the, mm-hmm. the emotional issues, the trauma issues mm-hmm. that the childhood trauma, a lot of a, a lot of uh, severely obese people have been through severe traumatic events in their life, mm-hmm. including sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And and when you when you when I when I saw that, I was looking at it. I actually got discouraged. I'm like, well shit what good are we like there's no <laughs> way we can we are equipped to t- handle that stuff we may not be equipped but we can be empathetic around certain situations versus having that thought well, we'll just put the fork down you know it's like yeah. there's bigger issues and you know being empathetic and being there to kind of help provide in you know, the safe space where they can come in and, and do their thing even if it's right. providing hey let you know today's not the day for a class setting let's go set up in the corner and you can do your thing over here and, and you know by yourself and just give yourself your own time and the community piece is huge too. I mean, yeah. that kind of helps support all of those things. Can't fix them, but it can certainly. Yeah. Well, we for sure we had uh, Gwen Holton on and Jason Daler, and both are in the nutrition coaching world. And one of the things that Gwen said that just has stuck with me, I'm mm-hmm. going to repeat it over and over again when I talk to people, because I asked her, I said, you know, do you focus on, you know, what about the stuff in the plastics, PFAs, mm-hmm. and you know, the environmental stuff, the toxins in the water, and you know, things are like do, going you know, down in the roots. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you get in there and do you, do you deal with those things with your clients when you're doing nutrition coaching? She goes, no. She goes, those are the pebbles. She goes, I aim for the stones. <laughs> like I look for the yeah. big stuff, right? And and in the same respect, that's what I kind of put Athena's presentation mm-hmm. into perspective. I'm like, okay, well. All of the small stuff, the pebbles that, you know, the, um, we don't, we need to focus on that. What we need to focus on is the, what we can control the big stone, which is for us just making them move better. Yeah. Um, and making them, uh, uh, able to do more so that, and, and feel like they're making progress so they can come back every day. All of the other stuff, the, um, the pebbles that are, you know, that are filling the glass around the stone, um, are, things that they'll find and get through the probably a lot through the community right you know the nutrition tips you know mm-hmm. the maybe the you know intermittent fasting all of those things that they've probably had thrown in them as the athena says but all of that shit's been thrown at them yeah but all of those things they can pick up through the community and then not only that probably the emotional support social support mm-hmm. yeah the social support and then you know allowing them because they can do more because they feel more confidence in themselves you know go out get in a car and drive and go into an office mm-hmm. and go then they can maybe go see therapists to help deal with the others mm-hmm. like yeah all we can focus on is what we can do and that was it just that gave me the hope right it's like yeah. okay all right and i thought about you know one of our members that we had that was over 400 pounds and he and she she said this too and i was just like shit do they do you do you see them the way they come and then they disappear yeah and i'm like oh damn it yes yeah and, she, and then she went into some of the issues as to why that is right, what was yeah. the e the yeah what was the term it was like the the rashes right intertrigo, yeah, yeah what's you. that called um intertrigo intertrigo yeah. yeah yeah if you guys can google it we don't need to get yeah. into this because it's it's i had no idea mm-hmm. but you get that Plus, you know, the self-consciousness, plus if they, you know, gain more weight, they're going to feel bad and feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And really all I want and all I wanted for for that client was to get him back in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't care how much you weigh. Well, I want to see you in mm-hmm. here because I know at, at Diablo, you spend a couple of years here coming on a yeah. regular basis, three times a week. You'll you're going to change. You'll see progress. You're going to yeah. move better. Yeah. And it, it also, it, it one thing about her course that really kind of hit home was like the 
the medical bias piece that she talks mm, about and how yes. the, the that situation was very eye-opening yeah. that was amy that was incredible yeah. yeah some of those challenges that larger people have faced kind of interacting with the medical system um which you know is something that is unfortunate because you know these are people that need to be kind of they need the most care they need to be connected with the right people the most so if they're facing all this kind of bias up front not particularly um not particularly a good look for us as, as providers. That's for sure. It, it, but I, it was, and I, it was, she, she talked about bariatric surgery mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. And then the, the, you know, the medical communities, you know, quick um, kind of fix solution is bariatric surgery. And the over, I think it was over five years. There was a 20%. Yeah. 20, 20% success where rate. people will keep the weight off. Yeah. Keep the weight off. 80%. Yeah, it doesn't address any of those under, those right. tree branches and that so, you're exactly, talking about. Yeah. And part of me, I get mad. Like, oh, I can't believe it. The medical industry is doing it. But, you know, it takes them, it takes the medical community, I know this, a long time to be able to perfect those types of procedures yeah. and, to, and to develop, like, like fail, like make them almost, you know, 100% effective in terms of accomplishing what the pur- purpose of surgery is with no errors, no comebacks. And then they have a system and now they mm-hmm. can feed that system. I remember listening to a doctor at one of Greg Glassman's things talking about their mm-hmm. bariatric unit that they have at their hospital. Mm-hmm. And their goal is to get as many people in so they can pay for that bariatric. Yeah. You know. And I also, I think it comes back to the point too, is what I'll say is that that is often what, you know, the amount of people that come in and say, I want to change and I want to put in the work to change myself versus here's this thing that will take care of it. Um, I'd say, I mean, I, in, in my training, I mean, I, I saw people bringing in 16 year old kids saying, yeah, we got to get him back. We got to get him bariatric surgery. And it's like, have you tried all this stuff? Yeah. He, he, he exercised. It didn't work. Yeah. He did this. It didn't work. Let's just get them the surgery. And they're, they're, you know, a lot of people that I've, I've interacted with, that's their goals that they want to just get to the bariatric yeah. surgery. Right. So, um, you know, I, I say it's, it's sort of, and what Athena had brought up with you, she said, you know, the um, obesity rates like 42% of the population. Yes. And then she said, well, how many members do you have in your gym that would classify that? And you're like, four <laughs> so and you're like well why yes. is it why isn't the gym reflecting well. why isn't the gym reflecting the population yeah. it's like well there's also a piece of you know motivation and comfort and you know whatever the underlying reasons are people aren't making it to the gym but there's there's a, a healthy amount of people that don't want to put that work in necessarily mm-hmm. so it's a balance too i think it, people are quick to say a oh, doctor just give pills and it's like well that's what a lot of people want you know, yeah. a lot of people come to my clinic, right. they want to be fixed and that's what yeah. they want. So uh, when coaches see a patient or when coaches see a, an athlete, they're in a much different stage. They are when they come to see me. So when mm-hmm. they come to see me, they're like, Hey, fix this most of the time. Whereas if someone's already made it into your gym, they've already said to, them, said to themselves, there's, I want to change this. There's a problem. I want to do something to fix it. I want to seek out, uh, you know, help in a gym. Like those are that they're already so far ahead of where they are when they oh. step in my office. So it's easy for yeah, coaches to point at us and be like, you guys just give pills. It's like, well, that's what people want from us <laughs> yeah. for the what, most part. What's, what's interesting, know? though, and what I took from her comment regarding the, the bariatric surgery is I feel like we try to quick fix shit, too. <laughs> and that's what I think the purpose of the because one of the purposes of the seminar was to say, look, you know, cause I, you know, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you in. You're going to come three days a week. We're going to scale everything for you. We're going to make it adjustable for you. And what I'd like you to do is also talk to our nutrition coach. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you on intermittent fasting. We're going to get, you know, yeah. you'll come three days a week. We'll lose hundred pounds in a year. And 
<laughs> so we have this cut. We have the same thing, the same thinking. Ours isn't bariatric surgery. Ours is, you know, CrossFit plus Through diet. And yeah. yeah. CrossFit plus, you know, hundred words of fitness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think for, for me, what's like the kind of medicine I, I enjoy practicing is when you, there is somebody who I think what we feel as a, as a medical community is where there is somebody who comes in and says, I want to do something to help myself and I need your help in figuring that out. Yeah. And when I can find those people and connect them with the right people and the right affiliates and the right coaching, that is what I think that's where the, the real, like the real healthcare happens. Um, that's right. But unfortunately, I don't think that's a huge percentage of the population. It's unfortunately. not. So. And it, it, I, it's remarkable to me that at 42% obesity rate in this country, we really don't, it, I think conventional wisdom, we don't understand it. Is right. I didn't. And right. And certainly as a, as a medical providers, we don't get that much education into the, yeah. the, the root causes right. and all that, or how to fix or address those things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, but, I think her, her course is valuable for people, all, all people really who interact with that population. There were some, if you're a CrossFit coach or a CrossFit affiliate owner, I would say even cross, I would encourage CrossFit owners to take it. I yeah. mean, I, like Jamie said, look, it's good for everybody yeah. to take, mm-hmm. but I really, encourage the CrossFit affiliate owners to take it because they're going to come into your gym. You want them in your gym. That's mm-hmm. who we want in yeah. this gym. Yeah. That's where we're going to have a profound impact on, on, on human health in this country. Yeah. And so as an affiliate owner, you go in, you will be enlightened and you'll, you'll make some equipment changes that don't cost you any money, mm-hmm. very little money, if anything, but learn scaling techniques that to me were just, I cannot believe we didn't think of that. Yeah. I cannot believe we it's also then that. they apply to people beyond, you know, larger people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Getting on and off uh, an echo bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Sitting yeah. um using a bench or using a bench. That was with the band. Brilliant. Yeah, that was awesome. yeah, bench over a rower, right? Well, I'm thinking from with the um like the, the recumbent bike. Oh, like that recumbent, recumbent bike, bike setup. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, yeah, that you, was cool. You could make a, it's easy to set up a recumbent bike. You put a chair, a, stir, a sturdy, stable chair behind mm-hmm. the, the echo bike or the assault bike. You just take the whole seat yeah. post out mm-hmm. and now you've got a recumbent bike and they can participate in class mm-hmm. doing scaling appropriately. Yeah. yeah. And, and so all, cool. all you're doing is you're taking the get off, get on, which is, can be really dangerous mm-hmm. and can be very scary. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the drills they ran too. Did you the the, the exercises we had to do, which yeah. were damn hard. Yeah. yeah, those were a little bit enlightening too. They didn't tell us why the, we were doing them. The apron. Yes, we well, so we had to put an apron on and hold that with uh, a and, gallon of water. Yeah, with it, so about ten pounds. Yeah, yeah, in an apron in front of us, and then you didn't do jump ropes. And I was, oh, I thought, oh, damn, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I was noticing, especially when we had to, we had, so we had to jump up on a, a jump, but we had to step up on a box. Yes, um, that one. Without being able to see our feet. Um, yeah. And then also like holding a holding a medicine ball and wearing this apron, so with extra weight. And one thing that I was uh, noticed is that my essentially my my form started to kind of deteriorate yeah. much yeah. more quickly. So like every time I would step up on the box, my knee was caving in a little bit. Um, you know, so it's like, it's like adding extra weight to any movement, Mm -hmm. your, your form is more likely to, to disintegrate and then ultimately lead to pain. So keeping that in mind when you're having doing someone do these exercises that if it's going to cause them pain, that they might not come back the next day. So, um, just kind of keeping those things in mind is really cool. And not not recognizing that it will be painful for them. That was the other thing. Like I was, I just, every, every one we did, I was like, God, I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> it was yeah. very eye-opening. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I'm just like, uh, uh, have, I been in, have I been this oblivious to, you know, even just watching, just doing the, doing the drills of getting up and getting down mm-hmm. yeah. from the bench? Yeah. That was so cool. I thought, yeah. what, a, what, a, just what an easy way to, 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 mm-hmm. to do that. And then watching one of the participants, and she probably weighed 350. She was severely obese. Mm-hmm. And the coach, Kim, walked mm-hmm. her through um, um, laying all the way down for and a burpee. It, and yeah. it, admittedly, I was worried that she wasn't going to be able to get back up. Mm-hmm. And then she walked herself back up, and then the entire class clapped yeah. and applauded. I mean, it was literally a PR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a great sense of satisfaction. Like that was, that's more than a, someone's first ring muscle up yeah. or someone's first yeah. bar muscle up. Just PR watching a snatch or something yeah. like that's, that. That's going to save someone's life. I exactly. Think that's yeah. that's right. the key, right? right? That's a life-saving maneuver in, yeah, a, in yeah, a person yeah. of that size. I mean, also they were talking about how like most uh, landings are eight inches mm-hmm. in housing, as houses. So oh, like yeah. to be able yeah. to traverse an eight inch ledge for most people, that means that that's the difference between independence or living in an assisted living. Right. And it's just eight inches. Right. But we take that for granted. And um, the idea that, that affiliates can, can address these issues in people um, I think is, is somewhat is unknown to the medical community at large. And I think Mm. that's kind of the the thing I'm trying to shine light on is that, you know, you, you can save someone's life in an affiliate. You can teach them things that can prevent them from being in a nursing home, prevent them from being, um, you know, hospitalized, you know, just by, by going to an affiliate regularly. So I I think that's really important that people realize that. Mm -hmm. I would admit that I don't think it really, when we say it, you know, we cure chronic disease, we CrossFit saves lives. But it it doesn't hit home until you get moments like that, right? And you're one hundred percent correct. Yeah. And it's, it's, an eight inch riser, right? And we watched it yesterday, like yeah. it's, and we tried it with the medicine ball, and yeah. it's it can it can be done. And then if you're yeah. fifty or sixty and severely obese, yeah, it's like you literally, it's the difference between life and death. That's crazy. Yeah, and then you know, also pain wise, I mean. Every like 10 pounds on your body is 40 pounds yeah. of pressure on your knees. So it, it's, it, it's like, you know, fourfold increase. So, you know, ev- having, you know, being able to um, navigate the world with that much extra pressure on your joints is, is not insignificant. So um, understanding that and, you know, helping people navigate that is super important. Wow. Yeah. Good. So again, coaches, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you can get continuing education units for doing it. It's a, it's a phenomenal event. It's uh it will be, it's one of those ones eye opening and it'll make you feel like you have a real purpose in life as well. Yeah. And it's like, they're not, you know, they're not necessarily doing these kind of things in a, in a gold gym or whatever, you know? So it's like, it's super important yeah. that, um, that the medical people um, are aware of these kind of things that are happening in affiliates, in my opinion. If you as an affiliate owner, convert one person or save one person or help them move better um someone that is severely obese their doctor will recognize it their friends and family will recognize it and then they'll want to know where and how that happened yeah and it's a great way for us to kind of spread the religion of crossfit to have the profound impact that we'd all like to have in curing chronic disease yeah um that's the way it can be done you just one 
person at a time. We really, I, I, I look at the global problem and I, you know, get discouraged sometimes. Like, what the hell can we do? You know, what the hell can CrossFit do? The obesity continues to grow. It's the food companies. It's, mm. you know, the, the environment. Yeah. It's this, it's all these things. All we can do is one person at a time. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the stage has also been set kind of a way. I mean, right? so you have, um, you know, certainly COVID was kind of the first stage that kind of lined it, lined it up. And then now, you know, obesity, the, with the prevalence it has, I mean, these, the, the world needs, needs your help. So, yeah. But anyway, cool, cool event. Please, um, support, um, at scaled nation or go to at scaled nation, Athena Perez, watch her video. And then, uh, Savant's producing a, a cool promotional piece yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, that'll take a lot of the stuff away that, uh, yeah. that we did yesterday. He was there the entire day, which was yeah. great. Um, had three cameras going the entire day. Yeah. So that should be a good piece. Yeah. Um, I want to move into CrossFit and the medical community and what has, what's going on there and, yeah. and what initiatives you're undertaking there. First of all, yeah. just preface it with, um, the great Glassman had started this derelict doctor society, yeah. um, back in, that was it's like 2017, 18, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he would pull, all he did was, was, is he basically was a kind of a grassroots effort to pull doctors that were, um, within the CrossFit community yeah. yet, um, doctors and were, even outside, yes, yes, no, outside yeah. the community, but it was people that were kind of challenging the conventional wisdom yeah. of, nutrition yeah and and uh fitness mm -hmm. um and and giving them a place to speak a, a safe place for them to talk and share their 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 beliefs and yeah, their people, and their work most people who were um censored before it was a cool thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's quite it's quite a prophetic yeah, they, in a way you that's know, right yeah they, Yes, and I'm, you know, Dr. Lustig from uh, yeah. from San Francisco, University of San Francisco, did the uh, um, the Bitter Truth uh, documentary about sugar, mm -hmm. which was fascinating, yeah. um, and and a, a, a number of others. I, there's a long list of them, and so anyway, and then it led to um, uh, CrossFit running MDL ones, which was if you were a doctor, an MD, yeah. you could come take an L one. Um, and yeah. get L1 certified, CrossFit L1 certified for free. Right. He was comping that, and he figured it was a grassroots effort to get right. CrossFit out into the medical community so they right. could know and understand our, our, our sport, our methodology, and our take on nutrition. Right. Um, then, he, then that morphed into CrossFit Health, I think. Yeah, there's been sort of kind of uh And that's where things start to get sort of, yeah. messy. So, I mean, so actually how it's, it started initially was with the first MDL1, I... I um, I had given some talks at, at my hospital about CrossFit and why it was important. Um, and I just, I got an email one day, from like Greg Glassman was like, Hey, we're doing this L1 for doctors. We're going to have a little party after come out to my ranch. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, so like a, a group of us kind of went out there and we, and initially it started just with the, the L1s and we, you know, some of the people I've met there have become some of my best friends. Like we, we just sort of, it was sort of like a think tank. We just get together and like, listen to speakers and he'd have these, the, the DDCs at hit at the at HQ or the, the doctors would kind of gather and he'd have these speakers come in and we'd always leave like super motivated, like, yes, like someone gets it. Like we're, we're all like in the same boat here. Um, and then, you know, and then it would sort of die out until the next 
to the next meeting. So we always mm. like wanted to like do something and like formally organize and do something, but like we just couldn't figure out how. And you know, Greg, Greg is like he's very much like you guys kind of you guys figured out. Like I'm not gonna right. <laughs> not gonna organize I'm not gonna do that you know? part. So you know, so we start just sort the of fire. got it to this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like that was always kind of his uh, take on it anyway. Um, but we always kind of wanted to, to do more, and we kind of couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, so then, um, but it was awesome because we got to hang out and, and talk and kind of feel like we were amongst people who, who get it. Um, and then meet like other people kind of adjacent to the space who would he'd invite to these things too. So that was really awesome. Um, and then after he left, then um, you know, Eric Rose came in and then it was sort of like, what's going to happen to us? And like what CrossFit Health was, was essentially those meetings and exposing kind of uh, kind of the, the flaws in science research the and things like that. in modern medicine right yeah. yeah so we would talk a lot about that and that was sort of like the goal of CrossFit Health when Greg was there um once he left then um you know I think Eric Rose had some ideas about kind of turning it into like a business like a primary care platform yeah. or something right. um you know at the time I had said I had said to him like you know I wanted to kind of keep that same spirit of the DDCs alive like mm -hmm. let's keep organizing let's keep educating each other let's keep talking let's have a network um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, great. Um, and then they just, they, they sort of went down that road of uh, primary care platform. And I was like, all right, no, it was worth a try, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, and then after he left, now, you know, Don falls in and, and sort of the, they, and then they brought back the MDL2s. They started an L2 course. Oh, that's so, awesome. um, so we did that. And then sort of the same idea is like, okay, can we get some kind of, can we get that kind of community back of the physicians? So, I sort of brought up the idea again. I was like, can we do this, this idea of doing a, a medical society essentially where, um, the, you know, there's membership of, of healthcare providers and we all kind of unite for, you know, networking, education, advocacy, research purposes. And ultimately the goal of connecting the medical community with the affiliates and, and, you know, they always say like bridging the gap, we're going to bridge the gap between education, uh, between medica uh, medical system and, and the, and the, affiliates but like okay how are we actually going to do that and how we do that is by organizing so right that's the goal right now is to is to formally organize so we can actually make those changes happen we we have had i've had members ask uh if i have a physician referral yeah. for them for exactly. someone that knows someone yep. that's in crossfit yep and we've had situations here where people were told uh to not crossfit uh, um we that had hurts my heart. we yeah That's we right. had the, the the worst ones and i think you talked to our coach Corey, who coaches oh. our teen class yeah that's heartbreaking was having teens who are, have made great success and our teen class is not comprised of um athletes high school athletes yeah. that are com competitive these are uh, these are kids that are most of them are uh, children of our parents that are coming here they aren't involved in any sports mm -hmm. right um, what they've done is they've come into this program and our teen program is more barbell centric. Yes, mm -hmm. there is a, we do a little bit of metabolic conditioning workouts, but kids, you know, I hated that kind of stuff when I was a kid, but getting underneath the barbell, learning how to move, learning how to move yeah. properly right. yeah. Is, yeah. was, is really empowering in our kids mm -hmm. and they have made huge, yeah. huge gains of which yeah. kids do, right? All they, right. Have to, all they have to do is eat, sleep and then work out and they get, <laughs> yeah. And they're lifting more every single day. Yeah. Yeah. But the amount of comps, but then there's been a couple kids who've gone to the doctor for unrelated issues, right? And the and the doctors told the parents, to, you know, don't do CrossFit. Uh, what? Yeah, this so, is the first uh, I've heard of that. You know, he's good. He has he has lot. three kids. No, and two of them 
are two of his top kids and his their doctors are saying don't do crop uh, yeah so <sighs> yeah. i mean there's there's like so much to, to break down in that yeah um <laughs> well i mean one is that part of the goal of this society is to build a a, a database of all of the pr providers um who are crossfit knowledgeable and crossfit um uh you know who, who are, are familiar with the methodology yes. So which that, we used to, which there used to be. Originally, we started mm -hmm. putting doctors on the list, and you could go yeah. in and you could find. But it it wasn't a huge it's, list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the list is kind of come and gone, and I'm not really sure what's what happened with it or didn't happen with it. But the idea is like, but now we can finally have this list that's searchable by affiliates. Because right now, people like will message me like, "Oh, I need a cardiologist, and I live in like Ohio. Do you know somebody?" And I'm like right. reaching out to someone I know out there who could, you know. So now that there's <laughs> yeah. a way that we can actually like find CrossFit friendly providers mm -hmm, for our right. members. So this way you're not going to necessarily have someone telling you not to CrossFit. Um, and it's not simply because, you know, we, we enjoy it. It's because medically, as we saw yesterday yeah. um, with the things that are happening in the gyms are things that are health promoting. Right. So mm -hmm. to, to be telling people not to do it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in, in most cases. Um, you know, then hearing like what Corey was telling us yesterday, you know, I would be interested to know if those, A, if those those doctors who said that, A, had ever spent any significant time in a CrossFit gym or even know what it is. Yeah. My guess is probably not. That's right. that's probably right. Um, so that's one thing. So one, one thing that we're hoping to do too with this is that we provide education or materials for coaches and affiliate owners so that when that's said to them, they either, they know what to say, they know mm -hmm. what to ask, tell those patients to ask their doctors, but also that they can say, well, actually, you know, you're concerned about X, Y, and Z is actually not true because most of the time it's not, you know, right. the thing that they're, and right. here's, here are the studies that show that here's the information that shows that. Mm -hmm. So like, that's part of it too, is like, we want to provide materials so that the affiliates, when, when these kind of things happen, that they, they have some, some, something Ammo. to say, you yes. know? Um, but it's unfortunate, especially when the, with, with kids, I mean, we're seeing kind of two kind of things happening. A, the obesity rate skyrocketing mm -hmm. and most kids are just not moving enough. And they need to be in a, in a in a gym moving. And then the other cases we're seeing kids who are highly specialized. They play one sport all year, and they tend to be like largely unathletic in every other aspect. Yeah, and they get right. injured. I see the injuries, right? Yeah. So I see kids who are just not moving well because all they do is one thing all year, mm -hmm. and they need that cross training. They need that strength training. They need to be moving their bodies in different ways to prevent injury. So the fact that someone would then tell a kid not to be here, based on what? Right. Based on what? And, and that's, and I hear stories of that all the time, especially in the orthopedic world. Yeah. I hear that all the time. And one, like, one New York times article that was written eight years ago based upon a falsified study. Yeah. You know, out of Ohio state. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what we're talking about. Oh, Hang yeah. on a second. The one that run it all down. Hang on a second. I need to get my tinfoil hat. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's documented. Was... <laughs> it's documented. It is. I mean, yeah. This is something that it's yeah. highly political. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. especially we found out recently, you know, recently there's been some light shown, shown on, um, that, you know, a lot of these influencer dietitians on uh, Instagram or TikTok, whatever, they're all getting paid off by, you know, Coca-Cola and all yeah, these companies yeah. to, to promote stuff. And that, that's been going on for years. They've been funding research for years and they weren't even hiding it for a very long time. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, so a lot yeah, of initially Greg was able to uncover the funding when he forced the like the NIH and CDC yeah. to, to show the, who their contributors were. Yeah. That's kind of part of the whole CrossFit health aspect though. Yeah. Right. right. And like that was unveiling like unveiling all well, of this stuff. Right. Yep. That was like a big, then that's what really kind of got me excited about it. Yeah. Cause I work in the sports medicine world and the sports medicine world, mm -hmm. a lot of the biggest names in the sports medicine world are, are, you know, been receiving funds from Coca-Cola for years. So, yeah. So I face it. I'm on ground zero all the time. People tell me, yeah, oh, CrossFit, that's crazy. You know? Oh really? <laughs> Let's talk about it based on what? 
based on what study I'm sure it's a pretty quick conversation yeah and then also like i another thing i tell people too is like if your doctor tells you not to crossfit look at that person telling you the information yeah. and if that person looks like they know what fitness is yeah then listen to them ask them what they do and do that but most of the time people who are telling you that no likely are not even doing you anything know, for themselves it's that's like just a super simple test yeah right? yeah i mean look at work i've i mean yeah. people have told me like oh crossfit that's crazy i'm like have you seen what okay <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm crazy right let me take my lab coat off right <laughs> yeah. seriously right I get, I get way more respect that way um yeah. you know, isn't that interesting with my, yeah so like and i'm in clinic and if i if i if i'm not wearing sleeves i get more people who respect me um than when i have my white coat on interesting yeah you because know? I've been people like, oh, she must know what she's talking about, I guess. Like, I don't know, especially right. with the guys, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, we're pretty shallow. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. That, now they'll listen to what I'm telling, telling you. The white coat, nah, that's 50 50, whether people respect that or not. But it's, um, it is interesting <laughs> wow. and it is something that we, that we all fight. And I would say if you're getting that advice um, regarding your kids or yourself, I'd say, get a second opinion. And what, mm -hmm. what I would do is actually like, for example, here, Dobby, come here and I'll give you the names of a couple doctors within our community. And yeah. I, that's something I would, Amy, as you guys put this together, yeah. um, and include obviously those doctors that have level ones, but perhaps there might be an opportunity to include, um, doctors that have, been part of an affiliate community for a certain period of time or maybe yeah. are recommended by the affiliate owners like i mm -hmm. so the, yeah. i would recommend four or five doctors in yeah. here like i think of mel yeah i think of mike um obviously uh uh charlie uh preston, preston yeah. who has an l1 it expired yeah i mean i think our our goal is to you know get people get the the providers to join um who who are you know believers in the in the yes. methodology so it'd be important too for affiliate owners to to say hey there's this thing going on you should join it you know because this way we can get all of those people kind of yeah. in the in the midst i did a uh, mine when i my doctor that i saw uh, for many years before i switched over to kaiser um alpheus wise was referred to me by mark mooney who's a member and an avid crossfitter and he says yeah dr wise he knows crossfit he's done crossfit and when I went to, he was, he was great. Yeah. He wasn't crossfitting at the time I saw him, mm -hmm. but he knew and understood and, and was extremely supportive. Yeah. And I mean, it's like in general, I think it, when you know that someone's a crossfitter, you're like, oh, that person's cool. Like you, you mm -hmm. don't even, it doesn't matter what they're doing <laughs> with like, it's like, like a your special plumber bond within a CrossFit community. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. You, it's like back in the day you see someone wearing nanos and you're like, okay, that person's cool. <laughs> I can trust you. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, to um, transition, yeah. the, kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about here yeah. is, is the, on the preventative medicine side. So, you know, CrossFit essentially is a preventative medicine. Now, granted, mm -hmm. we will promote ourselves as a cure for chronic disease any day because we can reverse um, many right. uh, forms of, of metabolic disease. Mm -hmm. But what about in terms of, are you seeing changes within the medical community with respect to uh, preventative medicine or, pre or um, prescribing fitness, prescribing nutrition? Is there is, is there any movement in that area versus just treating symptoms? Um, yes and no. So I'd say I think there's been a lot of um, sort of discovery from the mainstream medical community of like things like strength training being important. 
Right. Like, wow, we've discovered that exercise is good for your health and that strength training is important. Lots of media coverage. You know, and it's right like, that, you know, for like, great. Yeah. which is great, right? And it's a little frustrating for those of us who've been doing this stuff for a while to be like, oh, yeah, no kidding. You know, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we're trying to do this society because the medical size that I belong to right now, I feel like don't really represent mm. me or represent the kind of things that I've been promoting because I've been doing it for years. It can take, you know, like 12 years to get something from practice to into a research study that's published so mm. in that 12-year period are we going to sit around and, and wait for someone to validate it or are we just going to keep uh, recommending the things that we know work so um i think there's been some movement in as far as things like strength training especially like for women it's like oh wow this helps this helps women it's like well no kidding i mean i've 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 known that <laughs> for a long time but um but you know so i, I think it's good that's now entering the conversation and people are talking about it and then not to mention you know, yeah, there's, you know, people like Huberman and uh, T Peter T and all this stuff who are kind of talking about a lot of these preventative things kind of in a, in a public space. And now p patients are asking for it and are coming in oh, and thinking like, hey, I, I heard this thing. And, you know, how about, you know, X, Y and Z to, to prevent this or that. So I think that's also good that it's in the public sphere more. Um, so people are, are asking for it and seeking it out. Um, you know, I think I, so I, I see it on both ends. I think, you know, there's people more interested in it. Um, the implementation of it is a little bit all over the place. Oh. The uh, It's one of those things that's been said multiple times is that podcasts are really kind of a position of influence now within uh, for, for politics, for um, any social issues that are out there. But I think in obviously in the world of fitness and in health, it's interesting within the CrossFit community, we probably, if we looked at all the, the top 10 podcasts that we listen to, mm -hmm. um, if you took every person that's doing cross regularly, there's pr we're probably aligning on about, you know, three, four or five of them, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's that is awesome. where influence starts to happen. Right. Um, is, is at that level. And then I, I love, it, it makes me happy to hear that patients would come in and say to you, I need to, do I need to do strength training? Do I need to, you know, is this something yeah. I need to be doing? Yeah. And it's, it's nice because, um, you know, even through like doing stuff like this and then patients will kind of seek, seek me out to talk about those things. Right. I get, I get consults for like, I, I feel, you know, I'm weak and I need to get stronger. So, you know, I, I'll say that not many other people in my department will even entertain that <laughs> kind of consult, you know, they're like, they're, you know, they're essentially like orthopedists who just want to like, you know, they're, they're like, let's, they want to fix problems. They don't want to talk about, you know, mm -hmm. uh, some of, some of these more kind of strength training issues. So I say like in general, like there's not, not a bunch of physicians who want to have those conversations necessarily or, or equipped to. Yeah. Um, but it's nice that people are, are seeking us out to do that. So, um, you know, we just, our skill sets are, are, are different in that sense that, you know, not everyone is, has the training to even have those discussions with patients. I'll say that. That's great. He, I feel like, you know, it's interesting about this concept overall, and it actually does give me a little bit more hope because sometimes it's very, really, really discouraging when you see when I, you know, I follow mainstream media, I watch open up and read Google news every morning for 15 minutes. And I just, I see the stuff that comes across and I can see the bias mm -hmm. um, away from, you know, the, you know, fitness, health uh, or he healthy nutrition and, mm -hmm. and more towards, you know, the drugs that can be used to, to treat people. But and I and I've thought, how do we how do we intervene? How do we take these uh, pharma companies out of the you know advertising area and the influence? How do we take the food companies, these you know the beverage companies, out of this equation and stop this influence? And I think it's I think it's one thing that it, I thought that's it's insurmountable. That's an insurmountable goal. And I think 
that yeah. is still an insurmountable goal. However, mm-hmm. what we can do is direct people to, and this is where the rise of, of social media mm-hmm. and podcasts are maybe just kind of yeah. ur- ur- usurping that authority that the right. that mainstream media has, which is really cool. When you look at Joe Rogan has, you know, what, 11 million daily subscribers yeah. or daily downloads. Yeah. That's a remarkable number. And then you see the, you know, the, the, the Huberman's, the, um, Atias. Atias and Rhonda Patrick's of the world and Lane Norton's. The, the, those people are starting to become more prevalent. And even the bigger media companies, like even Testosterone Nation, mm-hmm. um, who's mm-hmm. big in the body, massive in the bodybuilding community, we can't even understand how big it is in the CrossFit world. We think, it, we think you know, our, <laughs> our communication is huge. Now, you yeah. go over to the bodybuilding world, it's much larger. Yeah. But I, I get their daily email and I've listened to some of their podcasts and it's leaning toward. Um, fitness is a solution. It's leaning toward healthy nutrition is a solution for chronic disease. And that's yeah. cool. That's where I think the influence can happen. That's why we got to fight it and not get discouraged by what we're seeing in mainstream media. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like we can't necessarily change a lot of these influences, but we can certainly shine lights on yeah. them and like mm-hmm. point them out. Cause right. I think I mean, even the medical community, like there's so, when I was talking about like the influences of big farm and big food on like our medical societies and like they don't even real like most of the, people that I, I work with have no clue that where that funding is even coming from. And they go, Oh really? I didn't know that. That's, that's wild. That, you know, and that's, yeah. I think that's the, that's it. That in itself is super important just to kind of shine light on, on these things. So we can, we can't change it unless you make people aware of it. So that people even at the, even at the university level, universities have a large percentage of their mm-hmm. professors who are, are required to, to publish on a regular basis. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the name of the game is uh, is publishing and a lot of that and a lot of that stuff and the grants for that comes from big pharma big big, big food. food industry and right. those and that re- those research that that they produce the reports that they produce those things tend to influence government decisions with respect to health and fitness oh yeah it's, it's discouraging but again this you know our small you know thousand listener thousand subscriber two thousand subscriber podcast is it's kind of the way. Mm-hmm. So it's a start. Right? Yep. Um, anything else, uh, Jamie, that you wanted to go into? No. This um, is, a lot of a to- all... lot of topics. We didn't get into the women's health, so that means like that's a I, we've left a topic open that we'd love to have you back on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can talk yeah. about that stuff all day. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This there is it's it's a it's a subject that I am ignorant about and would love to talk to you more about as well. So sure. Um, but anyway, thanks for being on today. That was an yeah. uh, awesome, yeah. awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome discussion. I, I really want, I, I could go deep into the weeds on the shoulder and elbow knee stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's really relevant topics. We'll anyway. Save it for maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and by the way, let me just refresh everyone. Take, send your coaches. It's worth yeah. it to the large body athlete. Um, and then go to Scaled Nation and follow, follow Athena Perez and what she's doing it's it's really remarkable really cool also for anyone who's interested in the medical society stuff yes um there is a link in in my bio on instagram there's a link to uh there's like a little survey that uh crossfit sent out in the the professional coach uh mm-hmm. email yeah um like a little survey of uh for any kind of crossfit health uh, providers who are interested in being part of it so um you know right now we're just gathering the names and so okay. once, we, once we launch we can kind of send out the information to those people so if anyone wants to sign up for updates about what's happening with it just go on that's awesome go on my instagram and look at the link there's also um 
they'll be emailing it out. Again, and I'll probably. put the I'll put the those links in the description for this yeah. Uh, yeah. for this podcast on YouTube so that people can see it there. And then I'll uh, put it in the Spotify and and Apple Podcast version as well. Sweet, awesome, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. That was cool. Awesome. Let's turn.